listening to a message from Mrs. McMahon. In this podcast, I will share actionable strategies for greater happiness and fulfillment. This podcast is personal development, entrepreneurship, life, tackling failure and disappointment, and doing our part to make the world a better place all rolled into one. So tune in, listen up, and get ready to be inspired. So how many of my listeners are married? Don't everyone get excited at once. How long have you been married? Months? Years? Decades? How many of you remember these vows? That's if you were basic. If you were extra and wrote your own vows, just listen anyway. For better or worse, for richer or poorer, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish till death do us part. Did you think at all about these words as you said them? They sound so sweet and we're so happy to repeat these words, but then we I don't think we really consider what it actually takes to make all of these things happen in real life. Uh, love is blind, y'all. Love in the beginning doesn't realize the reality of what it's getting you into. You've heard a thousand times, probably a thousand different ways, marriage is a lot of work. You've got to work on it every single day. And that's very, very true. And if you don't agree with that, or you don't want to put the time and effort into doing it, let me give you a little example of what you can expect to happen in your marriage. So, first say your vows, you're married, you're in the honeymoon stage of your marriage. We all start out at the honeymoon stage. We just love each other so much. We can't get enough of each other. Can't get enough of all the cute little things that the other one does. Uh, The girls are over here and they want to be pretty all the time. And they ask for their husband's advice on everything. And she makes every occasion, and I mean every occasion, special. Taco Tuesday. We're decorating, and we're hiring a mariachi band, and we're going to get the margarita machine. It's Taco Tuesday. And she would probably die before she revealed she actually did number two. Not going to happen, at least for the first year. Um, Guys, guys try to impress their new wives and take care of everything. And they'll, you know, they ignore all the manhood, and they send these cute little messages, and They open the door for you, and my favorite that, you know, Frank, he still does, but he used to do more is apologize even when he's right, because let's face the facts. Even if I was wrong, you know I was never wrong. (laughs) Um, In this phase, you actually crave one another, and that's not just sex, even though you're doing that a lot, but it's cuddles and hugs and kisses and holding hands. Holding hands is a must. Um, I never went to, we never went to this extreme. Um, Frank's not big on PDA, but, you know, I see these couples, these newlyweds, and, like, 
they're walking around the store and the guy's like hanging on the girl. And to me, that's a little much, but you know, I mean, it's to that point with some couples, um, you think about each other 24 seven and it's kind of involuntary. They're just the best thing ever. Like they're, they're just the best. Everything they do is the best. Um, and another thing, you just can't stop smiling. Like everything they do makes you smile. You're just so happy and the world is right. And you have this incredible person that you finally get to spend the rest of your life with. Then here it comes. The realization fades. All of a sudden, you can sleep. You don't think of that other person every second of every day. You kind of, they get out of your head for a little bit. Like, not all the time, but you know, you kind of can get your own thoughts back in your head. Um, you get more comfortable around each other. You feel like you know each other better. Um, but something's changed. Your little butterflies seem to be broken or incredibly lazy or something because they aren't fluttering around like they used to. Doesn't mean you don't like that person, but you're just not that giddy little honeymooner that you once were. All those cute little things that I mentioned before that you just love, love, love are now driving you insane. And it's at this point in time that you realize your spouse is human. You have them up on a pedestal on the honeymoon stage and they're so great and they do no wrong, best thing ever. And then you get to a point when you realize that they, they're, they're human like everybody else. They don't pick up after themselves. They leave the toilet seat up. That's annoying. Um, and it's at this phase of your marriage that you get to learn what it really means to love someone for who they are. That's the good stuff. That's the bad stuff. And that's everything in between. And you learn how to coexist. Um, it was different. I, Frank and I lived together before we got married. Probably wasn't the smartest choice, but we did. And I'd heard, I'd heard a whole lot where you should live together just so you get an idea of what it's like when you're married before you get married. And from my experience, that was not the truth. Number one, because I was in this little honeymoon phase before I got married because you super duper like them because you're dating. So things... Things don't rub you the same way when you're in that phase than when you're in the realization phase. Um, it wasn't the same. It's like before marriage, you want to be with that person every single day. They're the best thing ever. And then when you hit this realization stage, you're like, I'm in this marriage. And sometimes that's like, it's not, it's, it's like, well, you know, hmm, it was cute, now it's not, but now you're here every single day and you're going to be here tomorrow and you're going to be doing the same things tomorrow that you're doing today that are driving me nuts. So you have to learn how to coexist. And like my big thing is I'm super OCD and there's a place for everything and everything in its place. And Frank is literally leave it wherever was the last place he had it. So I had to learn how to coexist with somebody like that and pick and choose my battles of, um, this is a big deal or this isn't. If you didn't put the remote control back where it was supposed to go and you left it somewhere else, it really wasn't the end of the world and I could calm down. Um, which leads into the next phase of marriage. See if this sounds familiar. She misses her friends. He misses 
his poker nights. She wants to travel. He wants a vacation home. Both parties believe they are right on any of these sub subjects of what he wants and what she wants. So that inevitably means the other person must be wrong. So you start fighting more. And then that's where distance sets in, especially for guys because they're if they're not going to fight about it, they're just going to shut up about it. So it's almost worse when the distance sets in because you don't want to fight anymore. Um, so you start doing you things and they start doing them things. And self-interest starts to overtake the us interest. Um, and that's the rebellion part. It's kind of like you're rebelling against each other because it's it's almost like you're you, you're not on the same page. You get to a point where you're it's just like you're not lining up um, and you're off. Then you then you start to evolve into the cooperation part of that, and that's where you start to find common ground. Um, and your relationship, there's two, there's two turns here. So you could find the common ground and everything's fine. Um, and you learn how to, you know, this do this coexisting to where she can invite her friends to his poker night or traveling to the vacation home is something that's okay. So you either, either come to this cooperation to where you find that middle ground and you both learn to bend or... You do what a lot, and I mean a lot of marriages get to the point of, is you form a sort of business partnership. Because um, at this point of your marriage, you've got bills to pay. You've got a mortgage you share and, and all of these things together. You have children to raise. You have careers that have to be handled and investments that have to be managed. And you have all this community property, so you learn to work together, but it's not... You're not working together intimately. You are working together as a as a partnership, which is completely different. Um, so Frank and I have been married for 10 years. It'll be 11 in July, so we're almost to 11. And I have been, we have been in every one of these stages. And I know most people won't admit that um, because they want every, it seems like, I blame it on social media, but it's it's probably was around way before that. Everybody wants everybody else to believe that their life, their marriage, you know, all the things they have going on are just ideal, great, picture perfect. Um, so they put out there, you know, they're so lucky and this person's so great to them and look what they're doing for me and everything is peaches. But that's just not real. Um Marriages have ups and downs. They go through these phases a, a lot. More often than not, they go through these phases. And they could they could go back and forth on these phases. I mean, it doesn't have to go just in a straight line. Um, and I share these things because I've learned so much by looking at my marriage, um, going through these ups and downs, being in these phases. And I actually take the time to try to think about, like, what was going on? What was going wrong? How did we handle that? How should have we handled that? Um, it's a lot of thought process that goes into that. But for, at first, you have to be okay with saying, my marriage hasn't been perfect. And we've been through some trying, trying, difficult times. And we haven't made the best decisions. And we haven't made the best calls. Um, 
But, I mean, it's it's real at that point. And that, that leads to, your marriage doesn't have to end just because you're in one of those stages and phases, whichever, whatever you want to call it, and you just aren't happy, and you feel like it spiraled out of control to the point where you both think there's no fixing it. I've been there, too. Um, you just don't even know what to do at that point because it's, it's, it's really easy, like, especially for girls to tell their girlfriends what's up and what's not, what they should do. But it's very hard when you're looking at your own because then your emotions are involved and all the things are involved. Um, but the good news is that no matter what phase or stage you're in, you can jump. You don't have to go through them, like I said, in a straight line. You can jump from wherever you're at. So maybe you're just getting a little bit distant. You can jump straight to the reunion stage. In the reunion stage, so if you truly love the person you're with, and hopefully you do because you married them, um, the reunion stage is where you start to put the work in. Um, if you find yourself in any of the previous stages, both parties, it can't be just one. Very rarely can it be fixed with just one. I mean, unless like one starts to try to fix it and the other one jumps on board. But both people have to step back and reassess and you have to work to reunite. So, how do you do that? I mean, that's I, that's the whole thing of the kind of the setup of my podcast is it's great to have, you know, somebody explain things to you, but then it gets down to the, how do I work on that? How do I work on reuniting? Or maybe you don't even, maybe you're like, reuniting kind of extreme. We're not there yet. But how do you even work on it so you never have to? Um so I have a, a, a list, obviously, I'm a big fan of lists, if you haven't figured that out by now. Um, and remember, I'll say this at the beginning, pay attention to the list and see which one resonates with you. Write it down. Pick one thing. Like, you don't have to try to tackle everything on the list. They're just ideas and things I've thought of. But just pick one to try to work on. One of the biggest things, and I try to do this not just with you know, frank, but I try to do this with even my friendships because I think it's super important in any relationship, especially in your marriage, is tell them that you appreciate them and be specific. Um, and let me tell you, so this is really, it's kind of like the forgiveness thing. This is more for you than it is for them. It's good for them, but when you actually have to take the time to think about what you appreciate about that other person, you are going to be, have, you're forcing yourself to focus on the good that they are doing. And you will be constantly reminding your, yourself of those things. So if you're in the part of rebellion when, or, you know, realization where you're like, oh my gosh, everything's on my nerves or, you know, I'll, me, 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 me. If you're constantly telling somebody the good that they're doing, you're reminding yourself of that. Um, about them. So that's super important. So that's, that's the first thing on my list. Um, saying thank you for the little things. Um, I think a lot of people take their spouse for granted. Um, and a lot of times we have this idea of who that person should be to us and the role that we feel they should play in that marriage. And that's really unfair. Um, 
you have to love somebody for who they are and they have to try, you know, I was explaining this. This is when me and Frank were about to get married. Um, this is what was told to us. Love is a circle and you've got you on one side and him on the, the other. And you're both going the same direction around the circle. And the way that this circle never breaks is you are constantly chasing him, trying to love him. And he's constantly chasing you, trying to love you. And as long as you're chasing each other, you're both going to be feeling love. The circle's going to keep going. And somehow he related that to a wedding ring. Not really sure. I didn't really retain that part. But I think I got the important part. So... The little things, it that that's what they're doing, trying to chase you to love you. And, you know, you, you hear about these five love languages and, you know, you have to learn how the other person feels loved. And that's true. But you also have to understand how your spouse tries to show you that they love you. It may not be that romantic dinner. It may be a gift. They may want to give gifts. It, you know, they've got to try to, you know, give you the love you need. But you also have to realize what what they're trying to do for you. Um, so say thank you for the little things. And most times little things is what they're doing to try to show you that they love you. Um, be honest even when it's hard. This is a big one. You know, you don't, sometimes when your spouse asks, asks you something and um, you think if you're honest, you're going to hurt their feelings. It's very hard to be honest, but honesty is best. I mean, it's, be tactful, but, you know, you can't just tell them, you know, if your wife says, I look fat in this, and she really does, then maybe you should, don't say yes, you look fat in this. <laughs> you might just die. But maybe you'd say, babe, I really love this outfit that you wear. That one, I just, I just love that one. I mean, there's a way for you to be tactfully honest, but still be honest. Um, take care of your, with that being said, take care of yourself, you know, this, I'm, I'm not big on, you know, working out. I mean, I always say I'm going to, and it <laughs> doesn't happen. Maybe one day I'll get that part of my life together. But you can, you can look good for each other. And that doesn't mean you have to be America's next top model. But you put effort into yourself. You know, that's a big, attraction's a big part of marriage. So take that time to look good for each other. Um... Big, big, important one. Watch your words. Once you say something, you there is no taking it back. And words can shatter a heart. And once that heart is shattered, it never quite goes back together the same. Um, and you may be lashing out and not quote unquote mean what you're saying. But those words will have an impact for sometimes months and years so watch your words um it's better to not say anything than say something you can't take back so if you're at the point where you're about to lash out you're not going to quit loving this person because you had a fight but the words you say can drive that person away so just be very careful with your words um have relationships outside of your marriage you don't have to spend every moment with each other um, it's okay and it's necessary for you to have your girlfriends and him to have his guy nights. Or maybe he doesn't have guy nights. Maybe his, like Frank's um, idea of 
qual his quality time is usually on the computer doing something that he enjoys doing, or maybe your maybe your uh, baby's into video games, and that's his idea of doing his thing. I mean, him doing his thing and you doing your thing, whatever those things may be, it's okay to do things separate. And you know, there's somebody told me this one time. You know, guys like shoulder to shoulder time, and girls like face to face time. So face-to-face -face time is like we're talking, we're connecting, we're bonding, you're looking at me, you're paying attention to me. Shoulder-to-shoulder -shoulder time is you're in the same room, but you may not say anything. And I think, you know, I'm not saying that's just strictly for guys and girls, but both of those kinds of times are necessary. Like it may be a car ride and you may not say anything, but just being together is the important thing. So kind of understand how your spouse operates and the kinds of things that, you know, what they need. Um, I love, I love this is, um, it's so important to you all. It's, it's just so important um, that y'all recognize the peaks and the valleys. Not every day is going to be amazing, but you got to know that you're not going to stay there. Um, the reality is most of the time marriage is middle ground. Um, it's not living your love song every single day, but it's also not contemplating which episode of Criminal Minds you're about to recreate. I mean, you're not always at those two extremes. So when you're at those extremes, it's, don't be like, oh, this is the worst thing ever. I just can't do this. You're not, unless you're staying at those extremes for long periods of time, you you know, that that's a problem, but you're going to hit those extremes, but you're not going to stay there. Um, so keep that in mind. There are peaks and there are valleys, and most of the time we're somewhere in between, but just don't overreact when you hit those peaks and valleys. Um, keep intimacy and passion alive because both of y'all need it. Um, when men are deprived from intimacy, and this is sexual intimacy. Let's talk about sex. When men are deprived, they get grumpy, really, really grumpy. It's a hit to their ego and their self-confidence. Um, women become emotionally insecure, and they begin to think there's something wrong with them. They don't look good enough. They're not enough. They're not loved. It's an emotional roller coaster and a disaster. Um, Intimacy is a very important part of your marriage. It is a, a chance to bond with your partner and to express love and affection. Um, and let's be honest, it's fun. I mean, if you're if you're not being intimate with your partner, there's there's um, there's a relationship problem there because that's something that should just there's an issue somewhere because it's just natural. For you, and it's not like in the honeymoon phase where it's all the time, all the time, all the time. But you should have that desire to, to share that intimacy with your partner. Um, and it doesn't always have to be sex. It could be, you know, a walk on the beach that ends in a kiss can just be just as passionate. Um, it could be a hug or holding hands, just that embracing. Um, another thing intimacy is, and we girls need to give our guys a break on this. Um, intimacy is openness. Being vulnerable is super hard for guys 
So if you actually, if your guy actually opens up to you and kind of shows you that that vulnerability, the things, you know, that he doesn't show anybody else, you tread lightly with that because if you, if you somehow hurt his ego over that, he'll never do it again. So just realize when those things are happening and, and, and treat, treat those moments very delicately. Um, this last one is totally for me because it's, it's one of the things I have to work on the most. Throw the ice cream wrapper away. So Frank eats ice cream and he eats a lot of it. And he most of the time doesn't eat the kind in the carton. He gets the individually wrapped kind. And I can promise you one out of every three or four of these ice cream wrappers will not find its way to the trash. It's so annoying. So there's different ways you can respond to that. So I can see a wrapper laying on the table because that's exactly where he left it. That's where he was finished with it. I can look at that wrapper and say, if he loved me, he'd throw that away. Does he want to live in a pig pen? which in my house usually results in, okay, Farmer Jane, aren't you the one that said you uh, wanted a pig pen? Because those little piggies are just so cute, which he may have a point. I might have said that. But the point here is to keep it simple. We don't have to jump to the extreme of he doesn't love me. That's why he left the wrapper. That has nothing to do with it. Not everything's about you. We already discussed that. He just is a messy person and he got distracted or walked away or whatever it is that causes messy people to be messy. I don't know. I'm not that person. But the point is, keep it simple. All I have to do is say, babe, did you throw your ice cream wrapper away? Or I can just pick up the wrapper and throw it away myself. You got to pick your battles, people. And sometimes the ice cream wrapper is not worth throwing the fit. So that's my list that I've compiled. Hopefully something in there is helpful for you. Um, we'll end with our quote because I'm already, you know, been talking way too much about this. So my quote is, you've heard that knowledge is power, but applied knowledge is actually power. You can listen to every podcast you want and have all this knowledge in your head. But if you don't pick the one thing, you're, you're going to get tired of me saying that, but it's so true. If you don't pick the one thing, apply it, then you don't, you didn't get to the power part. Um, so hopefully... You'll take what you've learned or what you've heard today and you'll apply it to your marriage. Just the one thing. Um, we can all take the time to work on our marriage. You'll, you're never going to do it perfectly. There's always going to be people that do it better than you. And there may be people out there with even better marital advice because I don't give marital advice. But that's just some insights from what I've learned from mine. Um, but just pick on it. Work on it. Not pick on it. Pick it. Work on it. And uh, master it. And then just go from there. Um, and putting in work, I'll repeat this again, putting in work is not one-sided. You need to share information with your spouse. Say, hey, this is what I heard on a podcast today. Why don't we work on this? Because um, it's going to take both of y'all to create that happily ever after that's, that, that, we're all, that we're all trying to get to. Um, so thanks, everybody, for listening. My one last piece of advice today is to make sure you tell your spouse this. I want to be friends plus a little extra also, I love you. Um, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram, like my Facebook page, or leave me a comment and let me know what you think. If there's something you would like me to cover on a podcast, drop a comment, let me know. And remember, it's always a good day for a good day.